0: to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. Rose, this week I've seen several posts about people having really, really hard times in their life. And that's pretty normal. But this week there was a different tone. Their reaction to their circumstances in the way that they talk about God is somewhat angrier lately. A lot of their struggles seem to be the result of their own sin too. Not all of them but a lot. Several posts were expressing anger at God for their circumstances. They want him to fix things, like now, but he's not, and they're angry. One post even mentioned hating God if he didn't fix this woman's circumstances, and several other posts had that same kind of tone, especially if in their own eyes they cleaned up their act a little bit by reading their Bible more or going to church or something like that, whether it's their own sin causing their problems or whether it's something that's totally out of their control, the people are charging God with wrongdoing for not giving them what they think that they're owed or not fixing things that are wrong in their life. So I've been thinking this is something new, but then I read Jeremiah 2, 27 to 30, and I see that this is nothing new at all for the people of God to take this strong stance against God.
1: Yeah. This is what God said to his people, Judah, because they were worshiping false gods and steeped in sin. And the verse you referred to, Chris, Jeremiah 2, 27 to 30 says, they say to wood, you are my father and to stone you gave me birth. They have turned their backs to me and not their faces. Yet when they're in trouble, they say, come and save us. Where then are the gods you made for yourselves? Let them come if they can save you when you are in trouble. For you, Judah, have as many gods as you have towns. Why do you bring charges against me? You have all rebelled against me, declares the Lord. And Chris, I I love this passage. Because like, okay, here's your block of wood. Go tell it to save you. Yep. And yeah, it's true that God is completely sovereign over absolutely everything. So that means God has ordained all the things that are happening in our lives, yet without causing anyone to sin. He doesn't have to cause us to sin, as we say over and over, because we are fully capable and willing to do it ourselves. But we shouldn't blame God for what we've bought on ourselves. God used judgment on Israel and Judah to turn them back to himself. The goal was always for their repentance. Absolutely. If our
0: circumstances are because of our own sin, we need to repent and ask God for forgiveness. And we need to turn away from those sins. We need to stop doing them if we still are. And we need to realize that the sorrow that we should feel as Christians Should come from the fact that we have offended God, our creator. And repentance is not about feeling sorry because the sin has resulted in us having bad circumstances. That's not the sorrow that should bring us to repentance. It should be from the knowledge that we have offended our loving creator who gave us his law and we broke it. It should make us sad for
1: that reason. That's right. And you were saying there's people who said they cleaned up their act and still God's not helping. Well, that's not repentance. And the rescue that God offers is not about us getting out of the bad circumstances of our life. If we belong to God, sins are always forgiven, but he doesn't not let us feel the consequences. His rescue is a rescue from suffering his wrath for eternity in hell, which is far worse than any earthly consequences we're going to have to pay. Now, it's possible that God can do something to make our circumstances better. And in some cases he might. But that's not usually the norm. Even if we've repented and we feel like we've cleaned up our act by going back to church, reading our Bible again, or whatever that looks like, God doesn't owe us a solution to our bad circumstances or a breakthrough. He doesn't owe us anything. And Chris, we don't usually learn when we get out of things easily. No, we don't.
0: And Rose, like I mentioned, our painful circumstances and our problems aren't always because of our own sin, though. And some of the anger that I saw over the past week or two are people who said that like they were abused as a child and they're mad at God for allowing that to happen or something different happened that was totally out of their control, like a storm or something like that. But like you said, nothing happens in our lives without God having ordained it for his purposes. So what would you say to that person?
1: Well, as hard as it is to think about, sometimes God's plan for our lives includes things that are out of our control, a plane crash, a tornado, even other people's sin that hurts us or leaves us with painful circumstances. And we're not making light of this. It is hard. But God has different reasons for bringing these things into our lives, even though we may never know why on this side of heaven. He's using those things. And we have to understand and accept that it's all part of His plan for our good and His glory. It might not feel like it's for our good, but He's always working for our spiritual good. Blaming God, hating God, and being angry at God isn't the way to go. And I don't mean to sound caustic, but as R.C. Sproul said, there was only one person in all of history who got what they didn't deserve, and that person volunteered, and of course, that's Jesus.
0: Yeah, and that quote is hard to hear sometimes, but it's absolutely applicable. I just finished reading Joni Ericsson Tada's book, The God I Love, which tells the story of her life. Joni dove into shallow water and broke her neck when she was 17 she's been a quadriplegic for almost 60 years and she says in her book god allows the things he hates to accomplish the things he loves
1: love that quote another thing hard to hear but so true jesus going to the cross would be the ultimate example of that chris if you were abused yes god did allow it and i know that's hard to hear sometimes and it's a hard pill to swallow because you're thinking, well, for what purpose could they possibly be? Well, the answer is we don't know. We don't know specifically. Look at the book of Job. You know, we have the benefit of seeing what's going on behind the scenes, but Job had no idea why any of those bad things happened in his life. And he was never given an explanation. He died never knowing the reason, but he kept trusting God. And in the end, God did mightily bless him. But before that happened, Job questioned God why, and God pointed out to him that he's God, he's infinite and we're finite. And Job's response to the dressing down that God gives him for three chapters is he repented in dust and ashes. And he says, I shall say no more. I mean, he knows, okay, I need to shut my mouth. Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, we can ask God why but we are not guaranteed an answer and we are not owed one either. And that is really tough to hear. And if that's where you're at, please don't stay stuck there. Joni Erickson-Tada struggled with what happened to her at 17. She finally surrendered her will to God. And this is what she says. She says, I found the courage to ask myself if I really wanted to do the hard work of believing God and trusting in his promises. Not just reading the Bible promises or saying them out loud or even memorizing them, but doing the hard work of what those promises asked of me. For instance, Psalm 62, eight says, trust in the Lord at all times. That's really hard work to do, but that's what she did to get where she was.
1: Yeah. And the last couple of passages we talked about the last couple of weeks, We kind of talked about that. We saw two weeks ago that the Israelites didn't do that. And we don't do that at times. And it is hard work. And then last week we looked at that that's the only way to get through anything. And Joni Erickson Tata is a phenomenal Christian. And you know what? That didn't matter. God didn't change her circumstances. He didn't fix it. When she wakes up every morning, she still has a daily mental struggle. 60 years later. And like you said, Chris, she talks about that in her book, but she chooses to trust God and prays for God's grace to help her every day. She knows someone's going to have to walk her through her bedroom door, help her do the things she would love to be able to do for herself, intensely personal things. Yeah. So she prays for help to put a smile on her face for that person who's helping her that day.
0: Yeah. And it's daily. Daily, she has to mentally get herself there. She has surrendered her own will to glorify God, and she's not letting her emotions rule her. Instead, she reigns in her emotions, choosing instead to think about God and what he said in his word, and that's what she acts on, not her emotions. As she says, it's tough mental work, but it's worth it.
1: It's tough mental work, no matter what caused our circumstances, whatever circumstances we're in. So we need to stop being like Judah and blaming God and crying for him to fix our circumstances. We need to stop venting on social media, threatening God, or even trying to barter with him. Like, hey, I'm back at church. Why aren't you holding up your end of the bargain? Because guess what? God doesn't kowtow to threats and he's not in the bartering business, but he is the loving almighty father. So choose to believe and obey God's word. Because he's unchangeable. And if he did it before, he'll do it again. We talked about signs last time. We need to submit
0: our will to his will. And that's a good place to end today. Have a blessed morning, everybody.